Hey, Dream Builders, welcome back to another awesome episode. My guest today is Holly McHugh. She is a sales and messaging coach who helps entrepreneurs be seen as the no-brainer choice and create effortless sales without paid ads. I'm so excited to bring you Holly in just a moment. You're listening to the Design Your Dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them. As the dream design coach, I've helped thousands of high achieving creatives reconnect with their inner blueprint to design, manifest, and live the life of their dreams. Each week, I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. Hi, Holly. Hey, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I just, I just realized that. I'm like, here we are live and I can see <laughs> So what is your actual title, Holly? I'm a sales and messaging coach for service-based entrepreneurs. So I help them specifically to really nail their positioning, master their messaging, and be seen as the no-brainer choice to their ideal clients so they can create effortless sales without paid advertising. Oh my goodness. It just rolls off your tongue, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I love that. So I've got to ask, because I always do, obviously you didn't get out of school or uh, you know out of school saying, when I grow up, I want to be a sales and, and marketing messaging coach, right? Like, tell me, where did the trajectory come from you starting and what did you want to be? And then how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, sure. So I actually did English. I did English and French at uni. So I've always loved words. I loved writing essays. So that part has kind of never left me. And it's actually a really beautiful full circle that I've niched down in this space. It's not exactly where I started in business. And I never actually set out to be an entrepreneur. So I started my career in marketing. So I have always been uh, in marketing in terms of my business background. I was a brand strategist for close to a decade, for the likes of Procter & Gamble and Unilever. These are um, Fortune 500 companies that make brands like Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream and Hugo Boss Perfume and Dove Skincare and Gillette. Um, so that was kind of like my business background, bread and butter. So working on, you know, big media campaigns, new product innovation, consumer insights, like the whole end-to-end kind of launching side of things. So that I really did learn from the best in terms of advertising and marketing, which was amazing. Um, and then I had a quarter-life crisis. <laughs> a little bit of a rite of passage these days. I think you either have a quarter-life or a midlife or both. Um, but really... I just at one point, despite kind of working so hard to get to where I thought I wanted to be and having success on paper, like at one point I was working in Geneva. I had a view of the mountains out of my window. I was working on these exciting multi-million dollar projects in these big corporations and I was totally, utterly miserable. <laughs> I was like, how can that be? Um, you know, I'd come through the whole, you know, school, the straight A's, the university degree, the master's, everything to get to this point. And it was really, I felt at sea, you know, it was really, really hard to kind of grasp my head around, well, why is this not making me happy? Why is it not fulfilling me? Um, and I moved back to London and I will never forget the, the one dinner that changed everything. Um, it just really set me on this trajectory, which I'm on today. And that was having dinner with friends in London um, on the Thames, which is the famous river there. 
we were just having pizza and wine and the conversation was flowing about the week and it was the start of the weekend, but I just could not even listen to a word that was being said because all I had in the pit of my stomach and racing around my head was the thought, I guess I'll just be happy when I'm retired. And I was like 24, 25 at the time. And I was like, well, that's a long time away. And it <laughs> doesn't feel very exciting or fun, but it was really disconcerting. And I didn't really know what to do with those thoughts. And I didn't understand why, you know, despite, you know, quote unquote, being successful, I always felt so anxious and stressed and, you know, worried that I was going to be found out that I didn't really know what I was doing. So I really was kind of plagued with a lot of perfectionist tendencies and, and fear of failure for a lot of that period of my life. Um, and really what it came down to is I had never once asked myself, well, what does success actually mean to me? And that was kind of the pivotal moment when I started reflecting on that. And at that point in my life, I literally just went to a bookshop one day and went to the self-development section for the very first time ever and picked up the book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. And I was like, yes, that's what I need to do. I need to feel the fear and do it anyway. And that basically introduced me to personal development for the first time in my life. Like it was sorely missing up until that point. I then studied NLP. Um, I became a certified coach. And then I moved from London to Sydney with my Australian husband. And I was like, well, I want to do coaching. Like, this is amazing. This is just, I want to empower other women to feel better about themselves and more purposeful. And I had this light, you know, I just had this burning fire in my belly to want to do that. And no one in Sydney cared because my resume said marketing. And they were like, well, you can't be a coach. You can't work in HR. You're a marketeer. And so I was just kind of like shuffled around and it was just bang head against brick wall. And so the only opportunity I had to pursue these ideas and kind of, you know, stoke that fire in my belly further to see where it would lead was to start my own business. So that was kind of how it actually came about. I'd never set out to be a coach initially. It's so interesting when you when you talk about that, like when I think about the work that I do and, and how I help people realign when they're off course, I think that's such a good example of that because you come out of uni, like you said, you know, you have this idea of this is where I'm going and this is the path I'm on. And nobody ever says, but make sure that it really lights you up. Make mm. sure that it's something that you really enjoy. Make sure that it's something that you could do all day, whether you were getting paid or not. Like nobody ever says that. And then you get to a certain point, like you said, in your quarter life where you just go, I, I literally can't keep doing this without that piece. Yeah. Without that piece, it's not possible for me to continue to do this forever because number one, it's not lighting me up. And number two, I just don't have the ability. I'm not going to have the momentum to continue to do this at the level that I need to, in order to, you know, grow in whatever, never mind be a parent someday. I mean, you know, when you throw that all in and all these other things. So it's just so remarkable to hear because most people don't Holly, most people don't mm -hmm. ever you know, look that fear in the face and say, I can't do this anymore. And everybody feels it. I don't know if there's anybody out there who doesn't sit there and go, gosh, you know, but what if, what yes. if I did? The problem is that most people don't actually know what that, what if is, what if I did what, what is yeah. it that you can go do? Like, let's just say that you got a freebie, you got a mulligan, you can just go do it. What are you doing? And most people just don't know. And so I think the fact that at such a tender age, 
you had this foresight to go, well, I don't actually know what it is, but I know that I can find someone who does. You find that book and then the rest is kind of history. So that's really, really powerful. So you mentioned to us before that, you know, you worked for all these Fortune 500 companies. I remember growing up down the street from one of the big Procter & Gamble factories. That place has been around for forever, right? Like that's a huge company. And Gillette, I actually, one of the girls I went to, um, I, I grew up with, um, her grandmother lived next door. Her father was the vice president of Gillette. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it's crazy. In fact, I, I went and Googled it one day and, um, and I, I saw like an article about him and I was like, oh my God, that's just <laughs> crazy. Cause I like, she always said that he worked for Gillette, but like we were little and it didn't really yeah. matter. And then when we grow up and it's like, oh yeah, he was a VP. Like he invented the, the, whatever that one razor was. Anyway, my point though, is that, you know, you come from this incredible marketing background. You say, you know, you want to do coaching, you get the opportunity to kind of mix those together. What was your initial mindset? about creating this new business and how does that compare to the mindset you have about it now? Yeah. So, um, so when I came to Sydney and I was trying to get all this employed work in this new space and it was just like, hell no, hell no. I basically had to make the decision. Am I going to continue down the safe, certain quote unquote, certain path, which was just take a full-time job or am I going to actually commit to this, this calling? It really was a calling. And I knew that if I just put those dreams in a drawer whilst I got settled in my new life in Australia, bearing in mind, I just moved to the other side of the world with no networks, you know, nowhere to call home, no job. Like I was starting from absolute scratch, but I just knew that I would regret. So basically the first step was I actually negotiated a part-time senior marketing role in a Fortune 500 that gave me one precious day to work on my coaching business. So the mindset was... I'm going to explore. I'm going to play. I'm going to see where this leads. I'm going to see if this, there's something in this, but I need some space to be able to do that. Um, and then over time, as my business grew, I was able to negotiate three days in my corporate role. This was literally unheard of at the time. I had a job share as a senior marketer leading a team um, with two days on my business. And, you know, usually the only instances that occurred was if we had children and I, this was pre-children because really what I recognized was I wanted to build the future of flexibility and freedom for a family that I didn't even have at the time. That was like the, a massive driving force, as well as, of course, wanting to share what I had learned that I knew others needed. So the mindset at the time was just like, I've just got to do something, anything to just kickstart this. And um, so the, the mindset was very much how can I, essentially what I was doing was I was rewriting the rules, right? I was rewriting the rules for my success. And that deciding has continued what, yeah. to be. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say deciding what you wanted and then letting the universe show you that. Like I right. just point that out yeah. rather than saying, hmm, what's out there and what can I tolerate? Exactly right. So rewriting the rules has continued to be my philosophy. It's literally how I sign off my emails to rewriting the rules for your success. Because here's the thing, success is absolutely 100% personal. Like everyone has a different version of what success means to them. And that is where I got lost because I was comparing myself to other people's versions of success. And, you know, I come from a generation where it was choose between your passions or your paycheck. 
you know it, it wasn't this idea of do what lights you up and that and that was not the influences that I got at uni it was like you know what is the sensible safe route that's gonna you know yeah. get you the lifestyle that you want and the the corporate job and and that was everyone around me's aspiration as well at the time and I love seeing you know these 20 something year olds on on Instagram these days who are just killing it doing their absolute own thing because they feel like making videos or whatever it might be and it's fun mm -hmm. and it's exciting but it's also giving them you know incredible opportunities so that's just amazing so I think the mindset has really continued um to stay with me in in that whole concept of rewriting the rules because no one was ever going to give me a part-time senior marketing role you know I made that happen I asked for it I created the win-win scenario around it and that Absolutely. Again, is a, is a philosophy I teach to my clients. You know, what is the win-win? What's in it for someone to join your program? You know, sign up to work with you, pay attention to your content online. Like it's it's got to start with that relationship, that partnership, that collaborative approach. That is how we bring others on board. That's how we influence. Um, so my literally my approach at the time was just I have zero networks. How do I get this off the ground? And so I just had in my head, well, who do I know that could know someone that could open a door? And that was literally what I focused on at the time. And it might have been like the sixth person in the line of coffee dates that I had that could actually open a meaningful door and help me get, you know, in front of the right people and the decision makers. And that's how I got my first clients. I literally networked and we've got to be prepared to put in that groundwork. Um, and have conversations and find out what people are asking for and what resonates and be prepared to get no's and be prepared to have to refine. Um, so that was a massive part then. And it's really stood the test of time for me because, I mean, I, I just recently shared about that rewriting the rules really supporting me today to create, you know, the success that I have in my business financially in a part-time capacity. So I'm three days a week around a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And I have never once said, well, I can't, you know, have a six figure launch because I'm only three days or I don't use paid advertising or I've got a relatively small following. Like I've never allowed those to be the excuses. And I just recently had a six figure launch without even doing a sales call, you know? So I'm all about how do we rewrite the rules for our success? Um, and when it comes down to the key things that make the biggest difference, I honestly believe everything is possible. So it's a mindset of, how can I, as opposed to, well, I can't do that because. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this mom of five will definitely agree with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yes. It's, it's how can I, as opposed to, you know, this is why I can't. Because what is it that they say? If you argue for your excuses, you get to keep them, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. We 100% get to keep them. We can either buy into our limitations or we can use our leverage. And we all have leverage. We all have something that is an asset that we can use but it has to be intentional. It has to be a conscious decision. Most definitely. Most definitely. So I've often heard, and I want to know what you think because you're this, you know, the business person, right? I've often heard that success is boring and that's why a lot of people don't achieve it. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. On that. Is it, do you feel like success is boring or what do you, where do you think that that idea comes from? I've never heard that before. That's really interesting. Um, I think, I mean, I imagine that anyone who's saying that has bought into a single-minded version of what success is that's probably mm -hmm. been handed down to them by someone else mm -hmm. um, that then didn't align, right? It didn't feel good, it didn't feel right. And, you know, definitely for me now, if I thought about quote-unquote success being, you know, make your way up the ladder in a big corporate organization, I probably would agree that's pretty boring. And I always felt quite limited. Like I knew 
I was meant to impact more people than this, you know, meeting room of like 12, you know, (laughs) I'm doing amazing work, but who cares? Because only this amount of people know about it, you know, it's like, um, so I think, I think if we are truly called to the line of, you know, service and impact, and that's why so many of us become entrepreneurs, because that's really our channel and our vehicle to be able to do that, then yes, traditional roots of quote unquote success probably do feel a bit uninspiring. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's the opportunity that we all have um, as creators and innovators, which we, we are when we have our own businesses um, and we are entrepreneurial. We, we literally get to rewrite the rules for what success means. So mm-hmm. I encourage everyone to consider, well, what does success mean to me? And what am I doing uh, to bring more of that you know into my day-to-day life because you know today i thank my younger self so much for being prepared to take those risks and be wildly outside of her comfort zone and literally at times just fumble blindly in the dark because i didn't got i didn't know how to run a business i didn't know how to start a business i hadn't got a clue i'd always been in corporate mm-hmm. um but today you know i work three days as i said around my little ones I'm there for the Mother's Day afternoon teas at daycare. You know, I can go to the athletics carnivals and watch them. I can be there for the moments that matter um, because I was prepared to redefine what success meant to me and, and, you know, put in those foundations to make that possible. I think also too, I mean, you know, for my commentary on the concept, I think that when it comes to success, there's a lot of holding space. Like when we talk Mm -hmm. about the energetics of success, there's a lot of holding space for what's coming, even if we don't see it in that moment. And in entrepreneurship, I feel like we can't always be climbing. Like I know as a generator, um, I have to have plateaus. I have to have opportunities to climb really high. I had a great launch, you know, and then just kind of chill for a while, allow that creativity to fill back up. And then, you know, go back to that place. So I, I feel like if if there's any truth to that, it would only be in that not every moment is going to be, a, you know, okay. like the adrenaline of the roller coaster. Yes. Like you have to be able to hold space for the growth, for the plateaus, you know, for the highs, for the lows. And I think that a lot of people expect it to just be you know, gangbusters from the get go. And when it isn't, they then immediately start blaming themselves. Well, obviously I don't know what I'm doing, right? Like you can have an amazing launch and then have a couple of weeks of no sales and the person with the, with the wrong mindset or, you know, with the fixed mindset might say, well, clearly that means that I'm not good at this. Well, you were just on the heels of a really power, you know? So I think that, I think that's another thing too, is that some people just expect when you think about success, success might be a hundred thousand dollar month, and then it might be a ten thousand dollar month, and then it might be a twenty-seven thousand dollar month, and then it might be a six thousand dollar month. But at the end of that year, you've still got three hundred thousand dollars in sales. But if you asked you in July, that was a crappy month. You couldn't pay the mortgage that month. But if you asked you in December, you paid off the house in December. So the question becomes when we when we hold space for that larger context when we hold space for that larger dream the highs and lows don't matter so much and i think that's kind of where people win or lose when it comes to business you know what i mean 100 percent. like we have to remember as well as entrepreneurs that what we're selling is confidence and certainty okay so that is what people are buying from us the confidence and certainty that yes we have a solution but 
you know, we are the person that can support them. And that means we have to own our brilliance. Whether we're having a high-flying, oh, my God, I just landed a TV deal moment or I don't really know what I'm doing today <laughs> moment, you know. <laughs> um, and I'm a manifesting generator and I have an open head and heart and I can have flurries of amazing ideas and then nothing. So, you know, I can't force myself to sit at my computer and batch content on a day when nothing's coming. I have to make hay while the sun shines. Because I know there'll be days where I'm just going to bob around and I'll just have to go and take myself out for a walk or a massage because it's just not happening otherwise. (laughs) So um, I really feel like this certainty piece, true success in ourselves can only come when we have that that real sense of core belief and trust in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we can trust ourselves and have certainty in ourselves in the moments where it feels like we've plateaued or nothing's happening or quote unquote, we're failing or it's not working. We're not getting the response or result that we thought we would. That determines, you know, the, the, how we're going to be able to navigate through that, but also the end outcome. And we've got to think about this as the compound cumulative effect and impact of everything we do. Sometimes we put social media posts out and it is genuinely crickets. And other times we get the flurry of responses. Does that mean the crickets were a failure? No, because we've learned what does or does not resonate with our audiences. So everything is feedback, you know, and sometimes the feedback is, you know what, I think you just need to go and take a nap right now. You know, like we just have to kind of really be open and receptive to the, as a journey, it's a journey. It's not like we've reached that destination, boom. And I think, you know, in a world or an online space, I should say, where I feel like quantum leap is the second, (laughs) every second word, it's like, you know, let's just ground ourselves. Because when we ground ourselves in in truth, you know, I I really love playing on the analogies of just we reap what we sow. Mm -hmm. And we have to be prepared to get our hands dirty, but we also have to be prepared for waiting periods for things to actually bloom and flourish. And we have to be prepared to nurture and tend to what, seeds we have sown they're not you know just going to shoot up seven feet tall the very next day you know it's like, so um I truly believe that success is in the simple pleasures like you know we see so many pictures and, and images online of people in yachts and fancy cars but you know success for me is being there at bedtime is being there at bath time is you know yesterday we did painting outside in the garden with my girls you know what really does it mean for you to have quote unquote success? Because it's the impact of the business results that matters most. What does that create for you in terms of opportunities and time? Because we're never going to get that time back. So I completely agree with that, that the mindset needs to be, you know, that business is inherently seasonal as well, you know, as is life, as is nature. Um, And we need to kind of work with the rhythms of our own bodies, of our own cycles, um, of our audiences, you know, buying cycles, um, full stop. And um, this is something that is really beautifully um, talked about in Rise, Sister, Rise as well by Rebecca Campbell. She talks about seasons. Um, And sometimes we're going to have big creative modes and sometimes we just need to go withdraw, retreat and reset. There we go. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think that's, that's super key. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with all of that. And, and I definitely concur. So you have a lot of yummy goodies to talk about here. I'm looking at all these beautiful things that you've got to share with us. So let's just kind of start with how people can get a hold of you if they just want to follow you, you know, just like, just get a little taste of some holly in their lives. Sure. So perhaps it would be helpful as well if I talked a bit more about who I work with and, and how 
um, as a starting point. But um, so I work, I've worked with over 50 different niches and industries. So um, the beautiful variety of my work is even though I laser focus my niche to sales and messaging coach, Working with service-based entrepreneurs means I literally have child allergy specialists, pediatric sleep consultants, accountants, lawyers, mindfulness coaches, gene key specialists, and everyone in between um, in terms of my clients. And the biggest number one challenge, I find that so many incredibly skilled, talented, purpose-driven entrepreneurs have is how to communicate the value of what they do in a way that their audience actually understands and resonates with. So this is why I'm super passionate about teaching the messaging skills because getting sales is 100% down to how you communicate a message. If your message is not striking a chord, it's always going to feel like a hard sell. So I really teach kind of the fundamental elements that lead into that effortless no-brainer yes, and that does not happen at the point of the pitch. It happens in the buy-in because people buy from us when they first buy into us. So what I'm really passionate about is teaching people those foundational elements, you know, how we're planting those seeds for future success so that you get people in your DMs saying, how can I work with you? Because everything you're doing in terms of the experience they're having of you online is resonating powerfully. And that starts with really clarifying that ideal client, knowing what you stand for in your positioning, having that crystal clear in your messaging, and the offers, of course, that guide people from step, you know, the first step to the, the step that they want to be at in terms of where they are today versus where they want to be. So if that's resonating with you and you know that you'd love more help to get clarity, to articulate what the offer um, offers that you have and the value that you know you can contribute, um, I have a number of um, juicy, <laughs> yummy goodies, as Amy Lee said. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm just at Holly McHugh. Um, I also have um, a really beautiful... Um, engaged uh, Facebook community, which is Empowered Entrepreneurs Connect and Inspire. So this is a community of like-minded entrepreneurs uh, where you can connect and, you know, I share heaps of resources um, and tips, uh, particularly around how to kind of break through online when you feel that you have the know-how but not the audience uh, necessarily. And I teach a lot of organic strategies if you're not at the point where it makes sense to use paid advertising. So that's what you can expect in there. Um, and then I have um, just a really simple cheat sheet. It's 20 fuss-free ways to find clients without paid ads or a massive audience. So that will just give you some starting points if you're feeling like, I just don't know where to find my people. Like where the flip are they? And then something that I just recently put live, which has had phenomenal feedback, is my five-day sales success challenge. So this is literally just 10-minute, super powerful um, bite-sized videos that gets delivered direct to your inbox so you can watch your own convenience. And it really walks you through, you know, how exactly do we attract those ideal clients who are ready to invest without resorting to cold DMs or sleazy, scammy tactics or doing things that just do not feel in alignment to us. So you'll learn exactly what it takes to really have a positive relationship with selling because that's number one, but also how to handle a no without, you know, guilt tripping or patronizing anyone. Um, and really the key things that are absolutely fundamental um, on a sales conversation so that you can be seen as that no-brainer and get the buy-in. I love that. I love that. And you've also got, like, if somebody's already ready to dive in, you've got <laughs> a cool little magnetize. Monetize, monetize your magic workshop. Yeah. So if you want, like, um, the kind of immersion into the, the actual nuts and bolts strategies of what I teach, in this three-part workshop, so you get access to um, the recordings of this, 
Um, I teach how to cement your magnetic positioning. So you'll learn exactly how to create what I call a magnetic intro. So you can um, effortlessly describe what you do in a way that has your audience sit up and take notice. Um, you'll also learn uh, exactly what you need to include in an offer that positions it as that no brainer. You'll learn how to be seen as an expert. So the core things we need in our personal branding so you can be seen as that go-to and stand out um, as well as content. So I teach a lot of strategies that really show how to create authority content that converts because we can spend a lot of time on social media talking to the void and wondering what the hell's going on. So this workshop shares all of those strategies in real detail. I share examples of my own business and things that I've done. I share examples from clients. You get the actual frameworks and the how-tos. It's not fluff and concepts and you're still left figuring out what to do afterwards. So these are my absolute go-to favorite strategies and this um, offer is just $97. So a fabulous um, way to just really cement, are you getting the foundations and the fundamentals right to make the sales conversations convert more easily for you? I love that. And I think it's something that so many people need because there's just such a stigma around sales. There are so many people that do it wrong. There are so many people that go into it with the wrong energy and they have a, a superior product, but somebody who has this messaging down is going to beat them every time because there's so much to pick from out there. And so, you know, we're, we're, we all have shiny object syndrome. So <laughs> I definitely think that this will be really helpful and I'm really looking forward to the community having access to those resources and Thank make sure you. you guys are home that you're downloading those. And if you're watching, um, excuse me, if you're listening, on the audio, uh, then all of these yummies are in the show notes. So you can definitely check them out there. So yes, awesome. Okay, so um, it looks like we're just about at time. So is there any last minute thing that you'd like to share? Any final thoughts? Anything to call in that magnetic soul aligned client? This is your time to do that. Yeah, I just think, look, the number one thing, the biggest reframe that I think really supports my clients and I think supports anyone who struggles on any level with selling, feeling awkward or icky or pushy is to remember like front and center that selling is serving. If you know that you have something that could seriously benefit someone else, that could positively impact their lives, that could help them make changes for the better, then you are doing a disservice not to be sharing your gifts with the world. And that is the absolute hard, honest truth. So we can think we're, you know, we're just holding back because we don't want to bother people. We want to be polite or we, you know, want to be um, considerate. But actually, you know, when someone is struggling, when someone is genuinely facing a challenge they cannot move through and you have something that could support them, then that, you know, you absolutely owe it to the world um, to share your brilliance because I firmly believe that when we share our brilliance, we make the world a better place. Not only do we immediately and directly impact those we work with, but we leave that lasting ripple effect because how they then show up in their lives around their friends and family and colleagues is forever altered as well. And that's going to benefit um, way, you know, way beyond um, the one person that we may have worked with at that particular point in time. So that is my kind of lasting... <laughs> My lasting mantra to tattoo to your forehead is that selling is serving and it gets to be easy and it gets to be fun and you can do it in a way that is totally, utterly aligned. I do not use any spammy, sleazy, hard sell tactics in my business because guess what? I don't need to. And when we have the foundations right, our clients will sell themselves because they know it makes sense for them. And that is the most beautiful synergy and partnership and relationship that we could ever hope for. Absolutely. So well said. Totally agree. <laughs> Love it. 
definitely getting the tattoo. I don't have any tattoos, but if I ever get one, it'll be that for sure. <laughs> Can't wait to see it. <laughs> I know, right? At almost 40, I feel like if I haven't done it yet, I'm probably going to do it now. But thank you so much for being here, Holly, and for sharing your incredible wisdom and energy. And we're just so grateful to have you. So thank you again for being here. Thank you, Emily. It's been wonderful. Absolutely. And that'll do it for this episode of the Dream Design Podcast. Until next time, when we have another fantastic guest, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you be at peace. Namaste. Oh.